I don't know what it is about the pandemic. Everybody is riding bicycle now. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw your bicycle there. So yeah. a couple of guys were riding bike and they they invited me to come. I'm like, bro, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not about that life <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. Hi, welcome to Life on Purpose, the podcast where we talk about living your full existence on purpose through six buckets of faith, fitness, family, focus, finance, and friends. I'm your host, Lana Bimero. Let's jump right into it. In this episode, I talked to Ife Akinkoye, aka Ife Love, a good brother of mine, as well as Yomi Afalabi, um, also a good brother of mine. And we talk about friends, associates, and funds, and basically why folks either work together, why friends either do business together, or why they don't. Should you be able to break bread from a business standpoint with friends? Should you separate those things, or do you want to be intentional about working together as friends um, and, and really financially. And so this kind of touches on two buckets right out the gate. It t- touches on the finance bucket, but also touches on the friends bucket. If you think about life in those six buckets, I always share faith, fitness, family, focus, finance, and friends. All right. So let's jump right in. Man, I appreciate you guys. I have today my brother, Yomiya uh, Falabi, and uh, I really appreciate you guys jumping on and uh, backdrop for those that are listening. So um, we're all in a group. Um, I know there are many people on many WhatsApp groups, but we're all in a WhatsApp group and we kind of started discussing something about, you know, starting up businesses as friends and, you know, mixing friendship with business in general and you know, while we we're discussing, I was like, you know what? It'd be good for me to do like a podcast just talking about, you know, the intersection of friends, associates, and funds. The intersection of friends, associates, and funds. And, and for those that listen to my podcast, they know I try to do this thing where, you know, it, it, everything kind of stair steps itself off faith, fitness, um, you know, family, focus, finance, and friends. And friends could be fellowship or whatnot. So today we're kind of touching on two parts of it. We'll be touching on the the friend side of thing, but also the uh, finance side of things. So just real quick introduction. Um, Yomi Afalabi, if you want to just spend a minute just telling us who you are in general, uh, what you do, anything you want to tell us, 30 seconds to 45. Yo, my name is Yomi Afalabi. Um, I'm a consultant, CDW. I work for CDW, and um, I like technology and cars. I just like video games a lot, but I think my children has been robbing me of that joy. So I've not had much time to play video games like before. So yeah, that's yeah, it about children, me. And there's not much, not much more. Children have a way of taking over a lot of things, man. Yep. They, they, they really do. But hey, we did it to, to our parents too. So I guess it's payback. <laughs> it's payback, man. You know, I was reading a book and the guy said, if you spell um diaper backwards guess what it spells repaid repaid <laughs> so all the diapers you've been changing it is now your turn to repay so i was like wow that, that's, that's why i don't like changing 
That's why we're like, <laughs> I knew you're like, I'm not trying to repay Nazis. <laughs> I knew that. Repay what? Nah. Yeah, yeah. No, spell it backwards. I gotta write it out and see it. I actually tested it and it was it was legit. So that's what's anyway, up. Yeah. Ife Love, Ife Akikoye. Tell us a little bit about yourself, brother. Uh, my name is Ife Akinkoye. I am a music professional, a p- producer, composer, um, writer, um, in mostly the TV film space, but also in the singer-songwriter, like, um, uh, I guess, you know, what, you know, uh, you call, like, consumer music. So like yeah. you know, your artists from different genres, R and B, hip hop, gospel, um, singer songwriter, all of that stuff. Um, yeah. I also do other things outside of music. Um, I've dabbled in some real estate. Um, done some. Uh, um, uh, before I got into music full time and made it like my my primary focus, I was in uh, healthcare administration. Um, I mean that's that's right up your alley. Um, <laughs> So um, that's, you know, um, I'm married with two kids that are a month and a half old and a five-year-old. Hence, hence the, I don't like the this comment. <laughs> uh, you know, so be, on another day, I would love to sit down with you and just talk about, you know, um, your, your commitment to focus, man. I, I truly am inspired by that. I remember when you, I mean, in fact, you've always done music. I, I've, never, I've known Infer since college, gosh, 04, 05 maybe, and mm-hmm. you've always done music. Um, but at some point, you made that switch. And, you know, and I remember we talked about it, and I was like, man, this guy, you're, you're actually really doing it. You, you actually made the flip from comfort um, to really starting that entrepreneurial <laughs> journey. To discomfort. <laughs> to dis- no, it's true now. That's exactly what it is. Like, if we're being honest, you had it, you had it, man. You had employees, you had pay. I mean, you were set, yeah. fair. You were good yeah. and clear. You were classic American dream ready to go. And, um, but you, you left comfort and not, I mean, you, you did well. You, like I said, you were set. You left comfort and went to passion and really purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and you focused on that. And it is, inspiring man people really need to hear your story someday so um big ups bro at some point we need to connect and talk about that that's not why we're here today but uh, for sure i need people to know that you you for you you made that switch and man hats off to you on that that's that's real and and it's paid it's paid off it's paid off it's paid off Mm -hmm. but jumping in guys um why is it, and so most of the folks that listen to this podcast are Nigerian or Nigerian descent, or that will be listening, um, and, and there's just this thing about uh, Nigerians maybe not feeling comfortable doing businesses with family members or friends mm-hmm. or associates. You know, mm-hmm. why, do, why do you think that is, you know what I mean? Trust. Mm. You know, okay. like people don't like to hear a story when it comes to money because, you know, it's not easy to come by this money. So if you're going to mix money with people, you have to trust them. And I think that's the basis of things. Some people, I mean, maybe that's how I look at it. I think it makes the process 
because it makes the process smoother or it makes the uncomfortable part of the journey a bit better to handle. But if it's someone where you guys are just strictly in for the business, if things go bad and it's someone that the personality doesn't want to hear anything or whatever, then, you know, that's when lawsuits come up, things get ugly. And I don't think things need to always go that left. I think it's better when it's, it's people you're comfortable with because you can talk about a lot more things, how this money can work for you guys. Because you know, this money is not just for us. Now we're parents. So this money is for our kids. So all this money we could have made or had a proper conversation with someone that you know, you know, now you're gonna be paying it in legal fees and paying it in other ways. And, you know, you go to a function, you can't look that way because that person is over there. I don't like to subscribe to that kind of lifestyle. So um, it might be slow money for me and maybe I move slow, you know, but I think the peace of mind there is kind of priceless. I'd rather have that money coming in slowly, but I'm happy and there's peace than having a lot of money and I'm seeing lawyers every other week. Okay. To me, that's just my, my yeah. thought on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I think there's two sides to this is the is the folks that are for the idea of doing business with family, friends or whatnot. Um, and then there are those that are less comfortable. So it's that all for those that say be cautious and, and be more intentional about it. And that's you know I mean, I think that's kind of what I'm hearing from you. If I, what would you say, you know, and again, just doing that comparison, knowing that most Nigerians are probably in that space of I'd rather stay away or stay clear. But what would you say, what are your thoughts about, you know, maybe the Indian community or the Chinese community? And it seems like they do that better than Nigerians. I mean, what, what do you think about this whole thing? I think, I think um, if I would just kind of like step back a little bit, because to answer that question, I would have to answer the question that, that um, you asked me as well. And I think the answer to my opinion is culture, mm. right? Um, I think culturally speaking, from where we're coming from, Nigeria as a country is set up all wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we were literally put together like a Frankenstein project, you know, as a country. So, you know, you talk about India. India has been a nation far longer than we have. Wow. China has been a nation far longer than we have. I mean, we're talking centuries, centuries. I, I love watching like old documentaries and or old shows and stuff like that. And you're hearing about the, you know, the Yin Dynasty and all this from the 12th, 13th centuries. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like we literally became a, a country. Some people are, are still alive when we became a nation. True. You know what I'm saying? So the culture, it starts from there, bro. I think for me, it, you, you take, um, and, you know, I'm Yoruba, yes, but, you know, you, you're talking about taking, you know, I'm no better than or worse than, than an Igbo person or a person from Edo or somebody from uh, who's Fulani or Hausa or whatever else have you, but we're all different. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Indian people, they're different, but they're not different. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, same thing with Chinese people as well. You know, you have Cantonese and you have uh, Mandarin and all that, but they're still the same people. Nigerians, we have to, first of all, accept the fact that we are not the same people. You know, we, we were put together by a monarchy from several thousand miles away. 
So I say all that to say that you come, you, you now take those people and, you know, they've not, they've not gone to war together. They've not mm. been at peace together. They've not done anything together, really. And then you want them to be a nation. Mm. And then, and then the, all of that stuff is going to bleed, even if you're diaspora, you know, okay. because so like, like you were saying, you know, there's a trust issue, but then the trust comes from a culture issue because we don't, we don't have the same, you know, the, our, our, our philosophies are not the same. The way we think about, you know, money is not the same, you know, so how do, how do you really, really, you know, begin to, to do any of that? So that creates other things that, you know, I'm guessing we'll probably talk about that, that affects, you know, um, so I think it's from the ground up, from the foundational, very, yeah. very, very, very foundation level. Yeah, but I, you, know, you, you touched if, on. If I could, ahead, if I could chime in on that, I think I think that is part of it. Why I think that is not the root of it. The the reason why is because if we look at India, um, India, they're not all together either. You know, there's okay. a class system in India where it's even much more. Um, strict than the way we do tribalism in Africa, in Nigeria, for example. There's a class mm -hmm. system in India where if you have a certain name or you're from a certain part of India, you're automatically looked up to than other Indians. But when they all come to America, it's from all different classes. We don't know if we see Indians together, but we don't know what class system that is you know it's like if someone sees me i'm from ocean states they won't know you i'm from ocean states or you're from ife or you're from somewhere but we're all yoruba right or we're all nigerians and we're all black so let's work together right i think the bottom line there is not necessarily that but if we look back in india itself when india they fought together to get independence then they split up into india and pakistan there's the same people but some wanted to be hindus some wanted to be Pakistanis. So that's, they had their own split. Even till today, they still fight each other on that. And even with mm -hmm. Chinese, the Mongols, if you look at the history, the Mongols came over and took over the Chinese and the Chinese still have issues with other Chinese now, the Uyghurs, mostly because of religion. So I don't think it's necessarily that. And I think if we keep focusing on, oh, because the person is Igbo or this person is Hausa, we're going to keep mm -hmm. playing to more of the characteristics of or the characteristics of those stereotypes. But I think, again, it comes down to trust because when we say working with family members or working with friends, there's no difference there. There's some family members I won't work with. And I'm sure other people- Why know is that people. though? Why is that? Again, it's trust. There are some family members that their personality or just being them don't work with me. You understand? And it's not that you don't like them. Is like having a sibling. My my brother and I, we were really close earlier in life. We, when we got older, we kind of drifted apart because we're trying to be our own boys, you know? And now that we're older, we're now coming back again. You know, so everybody kind of goes through that. So again, and during that phase when he and I were not seeing eye to eye, the trust is still there because, you know, he's my brother. I'm, I'm sure there are other relationships where brothers don't even talk to each other. So again, I think the the bottom line is, can I trust this person? You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. think that's still, that's still the main thing there, not necessarily um, the, the culture. Culture, yeah. on the other hand, is 
it's good, but I think it has to be like a version 2.0, version 3.0, you know, like as we get older, we're seeing all these flaws in the culture that raised us and we're addressing it, especially with our children who are going to interpret that culture into something else and address right. it differently in their children. So the culture my kids are going to have or show their children or raise their children on, it's probably gonna be very different from the culture I grew up on. But I know the culture I'm imbibing to my kids now is very different from what my parents brought me up on and, and different from what their parents brought them up on. So mm -hmm. I think it's still trust is the main thing there, not necessarily culture. No, I, I, I'm sorry, uh, Lana, I know you were gonna ask something else, but I, I, I mean, I think we're saying the same thing because I, I, might, I might have kind of like went off on the tangent a little bit when I was talking about those differences as far as like, you know, you're about even how I, I just, that was just a small excerpt, maybe just a small reference of something, but that right there is, is part of the reason, reason why we lack trust as a community now, as far as like family members, I think every society, you know, um, whether they're, you know, Italian American or whatever, you know, they might not like doing business with their brother or their sister or their cousin, but I'm talking about as a community, as, right. as Nigerians, right? Or as, you know, Indians or as Jewish people, you right. know, you know, like that's what we're talking about, right? So yeah. I, I, I'm saying that the reason why there's a lack of trust, which I 100% agree with you, is is rooted you know in a huge part to the exactly. way that you know where where it came from you know what i'm saying so now yeah we might not necessarily um look for the solutions in that but i think we have to tip our hats to it like or nod to it like okay you know this could be part of the 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 root cause yeah so, mm -hmm. so when we're looking for the solution, you know, it, it, it might be it might be important to 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 think about it, to look at it a little bit right. at least. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that, I definitely don't think that it's the whole reason. Yeah, you know what I mean? Gotcha. But yeah, it's 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 it comes from part of it. Definitely comes from there. If I, I appreciate you circling back on that, because um, I was going to kind of try to clear some um, some thoughts about. You know, when, <clears throat> when we say family versus um, friends versus associates, um, yes, my intention was us discussing as a community, like what, what's the factor that keeps us as a community of people from working together? And, and where I was trying to go in there is for us to function as a community, um, we probably need some um, individual identity as family. So if I don't feel comfortable, yeah, there are certain people in my family that I might not relate with, but generalistically, if my, to your missing point, if my trust of members of my family generally is limited, then by extension, you know, it's kind of like an onion. If I don't trust yeah. the inner circle, the outer circle will be hard to trust. The next layer will be further hard. But bringing us back to that community level of trust, you know, again, you know, looking at the comparison between you know, and I love that you brought in the Jewish people. We, we, it's well known that the Jewish people are very good with money. They're very good with lending one another. How about this? I'll even take it. And so this is obviously a faith-based podcast. I'll even take it to Islam. You know, the Islamic community, they actually, they lend each other money with no interest. Like they have that 
that whole thing. Now, there might be some parts that do the business side of interest loaning or whatnot, but there, there's actually a, a strong community within themselves that they lend with each other or lend within each other with no interest so that they, show, they can be furtherance. I've heard it several times of Chinese people, some that migrate into America and the whole family that's here will say, hey, here's your 50,000, go start your Chinese restaurant. Here's your 50,000, go start your laundry company. Likewise, the Indians, here's your 100,000, go start your motel. Even if it's six beds, you sleep in one, you rent the other five and, and, and just keep, keep chunning and keep chunning. So there's that, there's a lot of that. I don't see that in the Nigerian community. I don't see that in the African, even push it further, and the African community and, you know, piggybacking off OPR's point on trust and culture, you know, I want to connect us to the Bible a little bit. You know, in Genesis 13, we read of the story of Abraham and Lot, and they had a disagreement at some point um, over which land to go with, who actually was more of their, their, uh, their sheep and their flocks. And, and, and these guys were wealthy people, right? And they were family. I mean, Lot was Abraham's nephew, and they had tons of I mean, when you, when you start growing so much that your flocks are uh, flipping each other. And so their people, their employees were disagreeing. And so Abraham and Lot, even examples of them from the Bible, had to separate, had to part ways. So there's also that biblical example that is not limited to a certain, and again, those are people from the Jewish heritage, right? So mm -hmm. there's a little bit of, there's a, to a first point, there's a little bit of culture that we have to acknowledge, that we have to be aware of, but there's also the individualistic trust factor at that level. And so, you know, just bringing that back together, um, there's this statement that says, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. So, Yomi, what do you think of that? And how do you think that applies to us in the Nigerian community? I'm bringing that to you because you said maybe... I'm comfortable and, you know, just speaking on that, maybe I'm comfortable on slow money versus fast money. Mm -hmm. Would you say it's maybe I'm comfortable on individual money versus far money? It's not just that. Um, <clears throat> personally, I'll mix money with people that I feel I'm comfortable with. Again, that's to me, that's just how I would do business. You know, like, I'm comfortable with this person. I think we can work together. Yeah, let's let's do something together. Now, our styles of doing business might be different, but that's where I think part of the personality and trust comes in. Because not all my friends have the same temperament as I do, but we're still friends, right? And I can still do business with them, except that when they're going too fast with it, I can trust them or we communicate. So we know what's going on. They're not going to leave me in the dust. So yeah, I can still work with anyone depending on their style. But again, it, to me, it just still feels <clears throat> get comfortable with the person. Um, concerning the African community, I, I don't know. I thought about it before too, you know, that maybe it's because we're so competitive, you know, like everybody goes to school, everybody must be a this, everybody must be a that, that maybe that edge just makes everyone feel like I got to do this. So what can I use to show off? But then in the Indian community, I think it's the same way too. You know, they go to school, they are highly educated. And so is the same with the Jewish community. But um, I don't know. I don't know what the bone of hey, contention is. Can I chime in? Yeah, if I go ahead, please. Um, question for both of you. Mm -hmm. How much of 
outside outside factors, if any, are there? How, how you know, is, is that a thing? Okay. And when you say outside, outside factors, 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 do you mean, factors? Do you mean yeah, I mean you... like not you know, like not even like the Nigerians. Let's let's talk specifically about African Nigerians, right? Okay. There's is the, you know outside factors meaning like colonialism um, maybe okay. other governments you know like because you know if I I, I see you know Ni- Nigeria as, an, as as a nation for instance that there's there's so much potential right okay. and I, I I think both of you would agree that us living up to our potential is detrimental mm. to to these said governments, well said. right? Well said. And, and in fact, go there. It's okay. It's okay. Go there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like someone's about to tip of your tongue. Go there, tongue. man. Totally. totally. Go there. There's no no limits. You know, Africa is very, very rich. Amen. I mean, we have literally everything. Afri- Africa can literally be a self-sustaining continent. Well Do said. not need anything from the inside. Right. You know, whether whether it's raw materials for anything that's technology related, right? Whether it's raw materials for being or feeding the entire continent organically mm-hmm. and enough, all of that is literally self-sufficient. You know, right. and you know, if if we were operating our full at, at, at full potential or close to full potential, you know, we would we would it would it would be in our best interest to cut off those of you know, you know, the Americas, the Frances, the, you know, you know, the oil, the oil companies that are eating off of us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, I, just, I just feel like in so many ways, there's so many things that have happened in our very, in, in our very, very recent history that with anything that has been, I'll give you an example of something. There's somebody I know personally, right, who met with the, with, with the, with the current president. And that person was told, that person saved literally saved the country about twenty five million dollars. They could have that, that person could have literally said, you know what, this is how much it's going to cost the, the Nigerian government. The person's Nigerian, so this is how much it's going to cost the Nigerian government to do this thing. But instead of twenty five million dollars, you know, all you really need is five million dollars. This person got the job done for five million dollars and brought back change. Meanwhile, he could have taken twenty five million dollars and been like, okay, I still got the job done well, right? This is a true story. I know this person. I can call him right now, right? And the 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 conclusion was this person met with the president, and the president told him, you know, um, thank you, job well done, but this is not a place for you. Go back to where you're coming from because the, your your level of honesty and trust, we're not ready for it. You know, so you you know this is what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You it know. Is. And, the, the president of the country asked this person to, you know, just go back, like respectfully, don't even bother trying to do more of this because you're going to get yourself in trouble. I mean, people were looking for this guy. The lobby, you know, twenty five million dollars. So people were going to make some money. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, you know, you might not even be safe here because mm-hmm. of what you just did, which is the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's it's something that has been like. It is, it is perpetuated, and you know when when Nigeria is trying to do 
stuff with their own oil, with their own refineries, with their own um, natural resources. You have, you know, the the what's new the what's new the um, the oil company with the um, it looks like a like a horse with like four or five legs. It's like, I, it's uh, like Ajib, Ajib, Ajib. Yeah, I, I believe that the one that's with, they're from France, right? Yeah, those yes. guys have those guys have those guys have done immeasurable damage. And then the other ones, you know, the, the things that you hear. I when when the Nigerian companies, the Nigerian that can do what they do, try to do, you know, try to they make it difficult for them. Uh, um, um, in the foreign markets, you know, because they you know, they want to be the middleman. You know what I'm saying? So the Nigerian companies don't have access, you know, and so they're, they're being strong on into being a certain way. And that's just on the, on the oil side, you know, on the agriculture side, like, you know, there's so many, many different things, like, you know, the whole palm kernel, you guys know about the, you know, the palm oil right. and all that stuff. Some of the best some of the best raw materials for that stuff is from Nigeria. Meanwhile, it's been exported in all these other countries. Are, Asia. You, know, you know, in Asia and, you know, uh, they're, they're doing really well off of it. So, you know, there's like this glass ceiling on the global scale, you know, and the only people that peek through, peek through those glass ceilings are the ones that are making, no individuals that are making noise that are, that, that you know, you have your dangote and, you know, you know, the rest of, you know, Right. or whatever you call them and there is no corporation even a small company that is doing anything on a global scale it's always individuals always individuals right mm -hmm. and then so it becomes like okay how do i become the best individual i can be mm -hmm. you know without without them even thinking about it like without nigerians thinking about it it's like man i gotta make it for myself mm -hmm. nobody has seen an example because in hollywood you can see the jewish community you know, owning Hollywood, right? You know what I'm saying? So, you know what? I can buy into that because, you know, you know, I've seen it. You know, there's a community of us, and we're owning this thing. I'm going to join into that with the Indians. They own like I mean, what a huge percentage of hotels and motels. So I can right. buy into that. There's nothing for us to buy into. There's no. There's nothing on ground. Yeah. Okay. I, so, if it with that, with that, okay. You make an excellent point. And I think what you said that really catapults this conversation to the next level is on the global scale, there's like a glass ceiling, right? And perspective, mm -hmm. those that penetrate through are single individuals. Rarely do you find a collective group penetrating through, um, at least mm -hmm. from the African Nigerian side. Uh, first, mm -hmm. the uh, you know, the Jewish community penetrating collectively in Hollywood, the yeah. in Indians penetrating collectively in hospitality and hotel industry. Yes. And, and, and yeah. all of that, that's, that's a great point, you know, but I wonder if if no one, hmm, how do I put this? Or maybe I'm just thinking different. Um, there has to be a start. Someone has to start it. And, you know, point made by Yomi earlier of, you know, trust, 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 trust. And is it that we don't trust that one person that penetrates through to, you know, no, make different. sure that they bring others along? Yeah. Because we have to, we have to, I mean, someone has to get through. I mean, you know, it's not, we're all going to, we're all not going to get through. I'll give another example. You know, I was talking to Anagbon recently. He works um, in a, um, IT-based 
manufacturing health companies. So basically, um, medical supplies, but not medical supply, medical manufacturing. They make products like Dynamaps and stuff like that. And um, one of the technical leads is Indian. Um, and as a result, the entire department that works for him are all Indians. Uh, you know, if, if a black man, let's not even go Nigerian, forget, just skin color. If a black man takes on a leadership role, you know, subconsciously, if he brings in a second black man or woman, it's like, okay, there's an assessment. It's like, okay, you know, y'all, you better prove yourself because they don't give us too many chances, you know? Mm -hmm. And then if he's bringing on a third person, then it's like, okay, is this department going to be a black department? It seems like there's a global problem to having a black department than there is to having an Indian, having an Indian department. However, is that problem external to your point, to be fair, or is it internal? Because external is the outside saying no. Internal is me making it through saying, do I trust the person behind me to sustain what I've done? So I put it one thing. Sorry, okay. so I was going to say one thing that um, we also have to consider, right? By proxy, we're also African-Americans. And the way we're looked at, and you know, there were two sides to IFES, um, what IFES said, that's um, Africans in diaspora and Africans in Africa, right? And Africans in Africa, one is just bad decisions that have just been made, selfish, bad decisions for greed purposes. And you know, the person who came back with so much money and then they're telling him, you know, you're not an honest person, I've heard those stories too, and it's a shame that, you know, that's how people think. But then when people are hungry and that's how their mind is conditioned, as you can't really expect much more, which makes it easier for the white man or Ajib or any of those other countries to easily tell this person, do your people wrong and you be the ceiling for them. Does that make sense? Because when you're just trying to be the, the person in charge, to be the person who is in control, it's easy to just give you a bit of money to make that happen. And then you kind of subdue everybody else when you're supposed to say, no, we're all going to do this, right? Again, I think mm -hmm. it's mostly bad decision out of greed that's driven Africa in that decision, in that, in that direction. But if we look at the way we're looked at in, in the diaspora, when I'm when a, someone sees me outside, they don't know I'm Nigerian, you know. And this even comes into the conversation where, when we start having, a, if you have a company where you're now having hiring another person who's African American, who's black, another person who is black in your department, of those three or four black people, are they all going to be Nigerians? Are they all? Is there going to be one African American in that department mm -hmm. as well? Now, the way most people in America look at Africans and African-Americans are different. Well, it's the same, but we see the difference, right? And I'm trying to say it in a way where we also know there's this sub thing going on between some Africans and some African-Americans or right. African-Americans feel Africans feel they're above them. And again, it's mostly because again, where we've, we've come from, right? Our journeys has been different. So, the African-American or the Black that America knows or the Western world knows is not the Black 
where that we portray mostly from where we come from. The black they know has been demonized to be uneducated, um, mm -hmm. a thug, you know, someone who is not fit for the corporate world. So mm -hmm. by proxy, we get hit with that too. So again, that's not a hurdle for us to face, especially when it comes to corporate world or when it comes to building yeah. things that we're looked at in that light as well. So many times, the reason why we see a lot of Africans in tough positions, you know, when, when they open their mouth or when they start talking, they see, oh, this guy is not what we've seen on TV of a black skin. You understand what I mean? So I think that's yeah. another hurdle or another consideration to face. Which takes me to another, another thought. If we're saying we want to build a black, an African community, is it fair to just say we're building an African community or are we building a black community? Well, because so. let's be honest, we're black. Right. We get pulled over, God forbid, the same thing that happens to all these kids that we see on TV can happen to us or our kids. I review that in Jesus' name. But just like every other person, I have that worry myself. I'm not going to lie. Like, my son wants to go play outside. I have them put the security camera outside so I can see him play basketball in front of the house. I worry. Once I see somebody trying to go talk to him, or I'll just look out through the window, make sure, you know, maybe I'm being over dramatic about it. No, you're but, not. But when you see this stuff on TV, little incidents escalates and becomes a problem, especially because of black skin. So, we have to also put that into consideration. Are we trying to build a Nigerian community? Are yep. we trying to build a black community? And if we're trying to build a black community, that's a lot of different heads coming together, different cooks in that kitchen. That's, that's, that's a great point. And that's where, and I'll, I'll plug over to you here in a little bit. Um, it, you know, it's a great point, but to the point you also made earlier, um, you know, the Indian community they have their caste systems. Um, in the Nigerian community, to your first point, you know, Nigeria is a collection of independent nations that were brought together and called a nation. Um, and so I agree. I think, you know, for uh, all Blacks in America, there's certainly a Black community that is needed to be strengthened. Um, but you think about the ability to strengthen that Black community is probably, again, back to my point, it's probably dependent on get into the nuclear level of how can just even us say Nigerian Americans even connect with one another? How can the African Americans that have been raised here connect with one another? And then we can all get back together. So there's the grand level to a first point on global ceiling uh, of blacks. There is the mid-level of community at the you know binational you know level. And then there's actually the environmental health, we all live somewhat off of 380, right? You know, there's that, yeah. we played soccer this morning, 20 deep guys, right? And, you know, I don't know too many guys that played soccer today that actually do business with one another right now. So bringing it back to that minute level, what are the barriers that keep us from connecting? And, and Yomi, you talked about trust, but here's where I want to take it to fair. You know, there's the notion that if a, if a, I've, transparently, I've had Caucasians and other races reach out to me about business ventures. I've assessed it, made sense, and I chimmed in my little whatever dollars, and I got my return, and I was good. 
Mm -hmm. If a Nigerian brother does that, I would do the same. Personally, I would do the same. I will assess it from a business standpoint. If it makes sense, I'm good. Let's go. Um, but if it, is it that we're not having too many of those conversations? Is that why these, is that why we're not connected? Is that why we're not making business decisions together? Is it we're not having those conversations? Or what's what's really holding us? Uh, um, on on uh, uh, We have those conversations on like, huge opportunities that even other other communities don't just jump on just like that. You know, like for instance, the last thing that I, that I remember seeing on the group was about buying an apartment complex. Come on, that's zero to 60. You know what I'm saying? Mm. There are things that we can use to build that trust. You know, mm. smaller things with, you know, smaller investments, you know, mm. um, that we can use to be like, you know, like training wheels for us you know, for mm. that trust or whatever. But yeah, yeah, you talk about, you know, buying an apartment complex for like a couple million dollars in the in the first 15 minutes of creating a group. Yeah, some people are going to be like, yo, you know, and, and, and think that there's not enough openness because there's, there might be some people who were thinking a thousand dollars, you know, right. investing mm. money. And then you, you're talking like each person bringing in 50 racks like they're not, they're going to, they're going to be like, you know what, let me just move myself. You know, that's, that's what's going to happen, right? Now, now you know, some of some people. Yeah, not to cut you off, but you, you made a good point there. Like, you know, we do have, it's not that we don't have the conversations. I'll be honest, when I came to Dallas, one thing I like about Dallas, very young people, my age group, have a lot of ideas and are doing well. I like that mm -hmm. because I've, it, it sparks interest in me, kind of helps me keep on my toes. And mm -hmm. I really, really like it. And it's not that the ideas aren't great. I feel sometimes everyone might not be able, everyone is not as risk adverse as the next person. Mm -hmm. Our risk tolerance is gets lower as the day goes by, as we have kids, as our kids have to go to soccer practice, as mm -hmm. this kid needs a car coming up. Yeah, you're right. It might be that the buy-in might be too high. Maybe maybe that's where we maybe need to have smaller conversations um, yeah. where the buy-in might be lower, and then mm -hmm. everybody could be able to come in. Maybe yeah. that might be the. I, 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 like I think, that's, I think it's, it's it's almost like scaling up on trust, scaling exactly. up on trust. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I I think I think that's what it is because I thought about that already. That like man, some people are not going to be about that. You know, like so that that's one thing, right? Um. Another is, is um, you know, back to the original, original question as far as trust, culture, and 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 all that. It's it's uh, you know, how do we get rid of there? There's a mentality of there's a hunger mentality that some of us have, right? You know, people who have been look. When, when, when people get desperate, they'll do anything, you know, to be able to eat, to be able to get money. They don't mind lying. It's, it's post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yep. You know what I'm saying? People don't have basic stuff, you know. Yeah, you go to Nigeria, you have inverters in the house, you have generator. Most people, a lot of people that are going to be working for you as employees do not. Have you know what I'm saying? So, so it's like there's, there's a hunger mentality. And then some of them actually get a visa, they come to America, they mm -hmm. still have that mentality. It is set. It's like, what do you call that thing? When you go to war and you have um, PTSD. Uh, PTSD. 
PTP post traumatic poverty syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love you that know? one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's really what it is. You know, they they they're still struggling with that mentality. Still struggling with that. Still struggling with it. Like somebody from war, they hear um they hear uh, somebody dropping pots and they duck for cover. Right. You know, it's the same way somebody you see an opportunity to steal from you and they take that opportunity and they steal from you, mm, even yeah. though they don't necessarily need to steal from you. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. Or if somebody tells you about an opportunity, you know, it means less for them. You know what mm. I'm saying? It's a mentality. And then the other thing I was going to bring up was like, you're talking about uh, Ghanaian Africans and Nigerian Africans and, you know, so on and so on. Right. Like, uh, can we can we learn from those who have done it before us? They are white Italians, right? They are white Germans. All of them here in America, mm-hmm. you cannot tell them apart. Mm. Only thing that you can tell them apart is when they have Oktoberfest. Oh, you're actually German, you know? Uh, ancestry. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Oh, you. They, um, one certain day you see like this as uh, special sausage. A lot of kind of sausage is that, uh, oh, it's, you know, my grandmother used to make it all those, this Polish sausage. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then you start finding out, or maybe their last names kind of give it away a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Outside of that, they are the same. All your co- all your white co-worker friends, they are all the same. You right. know which one was English descent, Brit, you know, um, you know, Irish, uh, Scottish. We cannot tell. So to what you, um, I mean, what you were saying earlier about, you know, us being all the same. I think there's a lot of merits to that. I, yeah. I, the more that we, 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 we um, you know, on our special holidays, on our special things, you know what I'm saying? We can definitely honor our culture, honor our backgrounds mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But there has to be a united front. We have to do business the same way. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It, 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 it has to be that way. Because I, I don't know of any, you know, Polish American companies that are doing fantastic. I don't know any German American companies that are doing no, fantastic. No. Well I know said. white. There you that's, go. That, that's again so I was saying about we're black. So, so yeah, we're there's black. Not, if we make you. it where we're doing business with not just Nigerians or not just Africans, if you know someone who is African American and he wants to get in and yeah, the, the credentials look good, yeah. I don't see any reason why not to because everything we do. Uh, your points you made, right, from your father-in-law's conversation is spot on. Um, everyone I've spoken to from that generation in Nigeria, mm. and that's what they imbibe in us, which then conditions our mindset to think that way. Think but that way. If we, that's let, a good point. So that affects our relationships existing yes. with one another from mm-hmm. a trust standpoint. Yep. Mm-hmm. So again, it's the trust and the competitiveness. You know, I'm well, well, so then they're speaking Yoruba for those who don't understand. But <laughs> this person's kid had three A's. How come you didn't have three A's? Does he Man. have two heads? You know, like Dude, we all I, grew up. God, God have mercy on me. I'm guilty already, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but but uh, the way you tell them now is okay, different. I, know, I just I just I had know. a conversation with my <laughs> wife the other day, and my son came up to, to um this week. It's just like going back to school this week, and they had an assessment. And this, he said, Daddy, I, I got 86 on my math test today in school. I'm like, you got 86? Why did you get 100, son? You know, and it's like, oh, 
oh, you're not, you're not proud of me until I get 100. I'm like, I'm always going to be proud of you, but make sure you always shoot for 100. So That's that it. way, even if you, if you get 90 or something, you know, shoot for the moon, at least you'll shoot for the stars, at least you'll land on the moon. I always tell, I usually tell him that. So my wife, we're talking at night and she said, I don't want you to be that way with him. He told, I said, why, what happened? She said, he came to me and is like, mommy, are you going to be proud of me if I get 100 on my test? I don't think that he was proud that I got 86. And I she said, she don't, I don't want you to affect his self-esteem. And I Ooh. said, I get where you're coming from. And I get where you're going to learn, from. man. But I had to explain to my wife, like, I wasn't heavy. trying to be mean to him. I was trying to say, put it, when you play, put it all on the field. So that way, if you get 100, good. If you get 86, fine. But either way, make sure you put your all when you when you do any mm -hmm. test or you do anything. So I have to now circle back to my son and ask, talk to him about that and say, you know, I'm always proud of you. It's not that I'm not awesome. proud of you, you know? So even if you get 86, I'm so proud of you because you did way better than a lot of other people. But I just want you to know that if you work harder, you can always do better. And I don't want you to settle for second place. Always work to get to first place and if you get a second place it's fine we'll still celebrate it but just make sure that all you think about is i want to do very well i want to do I, very well i'm totally going to do a podcast about culture family and and mindset because what you're me is saying right now you know is that is that whole you know you, you reference the people that that you did better than and mm -hmm. i don't want you second settle for second place uh you know shoot for first you know, I, I don't know. I know this is not what we're really talking about right now, but, you know, should it be, and I'm guilty, but should it be that you should shoot to be the best version of you, irregardless of what that number is? And I guess that's that's what you were saying. Mm -hmm. You were saying put everything on the table, but to your point, our delivery of, is it referencing first, second, third place, or is it yep. referencing what's your first place? You know, what is your mm -hmm. first place? This yeah, is what I mean, made it sync with. This is what made it sink in well with him. I said, he plays Fortnite a lot with his friends. Uh -huh. I said, when you play Fortnite, what do you want to be? Like at the end of the game, it's like, I want to yeah. be the champion. I want to be first. Touché. I said, if you want to be first in Fortnite, why not be first in math too? He there goes, you okay, go. I yeah. now, daddy. That's so, yeah. I mean, if he can harness that competitiveness in the video games, when he plays soccer, mm -hmm. when he plays basketball, harness that competitiveness on your studies as well. Yeah. And even if you don't mm -hmm. get 100, maybe you get 99, maybe you get 90 or 86. At yeah. least you know you worked hard to get to it. Let Which, me yeah. let me bring this home for us in, in one last question that, you know, as kind of as we wrap up on friends, associates, and funds, we've said a lot of things. It sounds like a lot of what we're thinking is, you know, trust is a factor. Um, you know, there's thoughts there around trust in smaller circles and then larger circles. But then there's also thoughts that we've discussed around, you know, if we're going to do a parallel, uh, again, back to the competition part, but we're going to do a parallel between Caucasians and Blacks, you know, do we, mm -hmm. you know, if I made a massive point on, you can't really tell if it's a Polish company, a Swedish company, you just perceive it as a Caucasian base, whatnot. And so likewise, we shouldn't go micro in the Nigerian or uh, Ghanaian or Sierra Leonean or Djibouti or whatever, it's black people uh, versus, you know, and that, and, and not intended to be competitive, but growing a community around those funds and, and assets is important collectively. And I, mm -hmm. my submission is just that many 
you know, as we think global, you know, incremental steps to get there is what I, I wonder if we should do. I'm going to throw in the story of the Winklevoss brothers. Those are the twins that partner with Mark Zuckerberg. And, um, and I don't know the full details, but in my impression, it was initially some level of gentleman agreement or some uh, legal uh, relationship, not as in-depth. And so those guys came in early and then there was some pause. Needless to say, they took uh, Facebook to, to court and they got their money. They got their money after the fact. You know, and these are people that connected with each other at an early stage. Yomi, what would you say? And if that same question will come to you, Yomi, what would you say about that when, you know, as we say, Caucasians don't, I mean, sorry, as we say, Black people, there's a trust issue. It sounds like that was a trust issue on the Caucasian side as well. You know, what, what would you say to that? Is, is trust a factor of culture or is it just an individual thing? Actually, let me go to your fair first. I apologize. Mm -hmm. Let me go to your first and I'll come to you, Yomi. The question is, is trust a cultural factor really or is it an individual thing? Trust, man, I'm sorry to sound very uh, uh, cliche, but it's both. I think that for us, for us, if we can, if we can, I, I, it's such a difficult question because mm -hmm. it depends on who you're dealing with or who you're talking to. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I mean, you were talking about how like you were in Oklahoma before the thunder got to Oklahoma, right? Yeah. You've been here a while. You know, right. I've been here a while too. Last time I was here, I mean, when, when I got here, the Cowboys just won the Super Bowl the year before. Wow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's how long I've been here. So if you, if you put that into consideration versus like somebody who just came to America like three, four years ago, mm -hmm. it's a different, you know what I'm saying? Like 10 of you and me in a mm -hmm. room is different from 10 Nigerians that just came five years ago in the in a room. Well, it's then. a different. It's a different group of people. That's why I'm having a difficult time answering the question. Okay. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yep. so it, it, you have to be more specific. If if yeah. if, if, I, if I see what I'm saying. So you so know, back if, to if that point it's, on being, Yeah. So back to that point on being micro, though, isn't that kind of where we're we're kind of touching on both? Because to your point, being specific will be not generalizing the whole gamut and saying mm -hmm. back to where we started, which is where I'm, right. I'm hoping we end, where we started. We're on this WhatsApp group. We ain't done nothing yet. We, you know, we spawn off a smaller WhatsApp group, but still ain't done nothing yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's that. It's like, there's just this stumbling block preventing progress. And I think my hope is as we converse more about it, maybe if we bring ourselves to awareness and we unearth it, it will be easier for us to move past it. We just got to push past this, whatever it is that's yeah. holding us back, because it's just so much that it's like, we got to keep talking to get to that solution point. That's what yes. I think. Yeah. yeah. The conversations need to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, well said. All said. All right, Dan. Okay, so if high I level could, disclaimer. If I could back to that real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's more individual than cultural. Okay. When it comes to trust, there's levels to trust. You know, like I can trust someone to take my car down the road is different from trusting him with money in this car that he's taking down the road. Touche. Um, when it comes to the, the level that we're discussing, it's trust still. It's still trust. Um, be it anybody. Culture 
creates an automatic level of trust. For example, um, when I was in Tampa, there's not so much Nigerians around and stuff like that. Or when you're in Oklahoma, maybe there weren't too many Nigerians around. But then the second you see one Nigerian person, hey, what's up? It's, you guys yep. have not met, you've not been friends forever. Just because you're both Nigerian, you have a shared commonality. There's that trust it creates. Now, that's not a trust for business, but mm. it creates a trust there. Well, we're I, talking about business, though. <laughs> well, and I know, but it, it's, it's, we have to look at everything from a holistic point of view to be able to okay. get a better definition of one aspect of the whole view. That's the yep. way I look at things. Maybe yep, I'm but, but analytical. If you look, no, I like that. I really do like it. But if you look at if if you look at a proposal that comes to you, and the math makes mad sense, there oh, yeah. is there is um, you know structural uh, there's legal structure to support you know if something goes south that you can follow suit on. I, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's we don't want to necessarily go down legals if it comes down to it. But if math makes sense, there's legal back into where, okay, you have claim to what is yours or you can take someone to court. It might take a little bit to get back what's yours, but isn't that sufficient enough? Isn't that trust? Maybe that's it. Don't we have trust in the system to support structure that will protect what is ours? No, I don't think that's the case. Okay. In, in this, in my example there was is not, an example of if we're this is just it was a general thing about yeah. culture or trust when mm -hmm. it comes to the business side of things you know if all the everything looks right to you mm -hmm. like my friend Sean told me yesterday strike when the iron is hot mm. you know yeah that I, I believe that if you feel yeah this is right you and you're comfortable yes I'm very analytical when it comes to making big decisions I mean I can go to hell and back looking at all the pros and cons and you know but that's just me. And then when I feel comfortable, I'll strike when that iron is hot. But other people might not be that way. So mm -hmm. if all the numbers make sense and all the players in the game make sense, I definitely support that. But I think we should, one thing we should keep in mind is everything we're doing is for the future. And not to be a pessimist, our kids are gonna be our future, not us. We have well said. expiration dates coming. If we're going to be building this kind of a community, building this kind of a structure, let's make it more inclusive because awesome. our children are not going to have as much culture as we have. Mm. They're not going to have as much Nigerian culture because they didn't grow up in Nigeria. They don't right. have the experiences that Nigeria has taught us. Mm -hmm. You understand? They mm -hmm. have a much more different experience growing up. And if we expect them to live up to that expectation of our grown up, it's gonna look like they're failing. We're setting them up to fail. I think we should set them up to be successful in this new environment that they're in. So let's think of it much more globally, you know, than too, than just too, um, too small, I guess. Yeah, so. well said, well said. Hey guys, I have a random question that I ask mm -hmm. at the end towards the tail end of my podcast, which often has nothing to do with uh, what we've discussed. Uh, and, and so here's the question. Um, if I'll go to you first, where is your perfect vacation spot? A well-developed Nigerian beach. 
<laughs> a well-developed Nigerian fish. Tight. Shots so fired. That's why I tried. That's why I tried, man. <laughs> like, I, want, I, want, I want that mimosa. I want that beautiful crystal clear water with everybody yep. speaking Yoruba around me. That's what I want. Mm, 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 mm. Nice one. All right, all right, all right. Cool, cool. Mm. I can see that. I can see that. Some live. I don't want. Hawaii, I don't want like, oh, I don't want. No, nah, they keep that. You know. Yeah. I want to be home, man. But with, you want to be home. You know, I, I want to see that Nigerian fish in, in the in there, like crystal clear, looking like Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Nice, nice, nice. All right, cool. Yomi, what about you? Oh. Uh, Anywhere by the beach, to be honest. Mm. Doesn't have to be Nigeria specifically. And then I guess when I picture vacation to the ideal vacation for me, I actually don't even picture anyone around me, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> I, just, I honestly just picture me, me and my wife, and that's it. Yeah. So and a secluded, a secluded personal beach secluded or some secluded island or something. Yes. And some reason I just like Japan. Mm, me too. If it I love somewhere Japan. in Japan, yeah, that would be awesome. I we, we've talked about this, Yomi. We've yeah, we have. This yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah. Uh, so in other in other episodes that I've kind of interviewed guys, I've said I've just jokingly said Wakanda, um, <laughs> you know, and I also jokingly said uh, Zamunda, um, but you know, really because those are for me representations of. You know, African essence and and you know, in the arts and science and the creativity of things and whatnot. But transparently, Singapore is a place that I I've mm-hmm. kind of had on on my radar for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually uh, I just pictures and everything, and you know, I mean, they're very particular about everything there. So one of these days, I, I like to take the wifey out there and just just spend like I've been hearing more about days. Bali also. Yeah, Bali. Yeah, I, hear, I hear Bali is great. From this is Nigerian guy mm-hmm. um, that I follow his um his YouTube. Is uh, yeah, he's Nigerian. I know, Tayo. I know. No, 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 no. This other guy. I'll I'll put him in the group. And all right, okay. he that's what he does for a living. He goes to vacations in all these places, records it, and he he's doing very well. But his Bali videos it just looks so peaceful. You can have fun, but yet so peaceful. You know, like. It does look really nice. Hmm. I'll share it with the group so you guys can know okay. this guy. You know, I think the other thing is, you know, just in talking to some of the people that I've talked to as well, it's like I haven't really had people reference parts of Africa. So um, we need, we, mentally, we probably need to change that. We probably need to get to a point where Africa, and except you're saying a well-developed Nigerian beach. And that's, for me, that's where the thoughts of Wakanda and Zamunda come from. It's like, you know, a representation of African royalty and African um, excellence. It would be, it would be beautiful. Uh, be a beautiful thing. So, yeah.